welcome to the Pop Ninja Podcast, where we reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s, 80s, and beyond. From bell-bottom jeans to parachute pants, from Panama Jack shirts to members-only jackets, from Smurfs and Scooby-Doo to Thundar the Barbarian. If you had a Rubik's Cube or Swatch Watch, was crazy about Max Headroom, or ever wondered who shot JR, then this podcast is where you will feel right at home. Now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time. Hello out there in podcast land and welcome once again to another totally awesome episode of the Pop Ninja Podcast. I'm Patrick Bennett coming to you from the swamplands of Southwest Louisiana and joining me over Zoom from her evil lair in Pennsylvania is my partner in crime, the lovely Miss Lisa Everett. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Patrick. I'm, I'm back to being evil again. No, your lair is. <laughs> my lair is. Okay. <laughs> well, we, we, we've got a, a great show planned for today. So uh, let's see what we're, we're going to talk about a couple of uh, movies and, and then our friend uh, Billy Ray Bates will join us to talk about a couple of TV shows. I'm excited. Are you excited? Uh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I love Billy Ray. Well, before we get started, do you want to play a game? What kind of game? Well, I was going to say it. I was going to, you were going to say, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Do you want okay. to play a game of? Global um, thermal nuclear warfare. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you, you can explain how to do that? I've never done that. Okay. All right. No, no. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. It's time once again for a round of super retro trivia. Sit down, strap on that thinking cap, and get ready to go. In five, four, three. Two, one. I got three questions for you. Okay. Number one. You ready? Mm-hmm, I'm ready. What 1983 line of transforming robot toys was similar to Transformers? Was similar to Transformers. Yep. Uh, auto, ro- auto. Auto robots or uh, uh, um, uh, I I, I think I can picture a commercial in my head for them. Um, But they're like Autobots. Very close, but no. Okay. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) What? Go-bots. Go-bots. Yeah. Auto-go-bots. All right. Go-bots. No. Okay. Ready for another one? Yeah. Number two. Again, in 1983, Sally Ride became the first woman to do what? Go and uh, do the space shuttle. Yes. Okay. For, for a bonus, what was the shuttle she was on? The Challenger. Yes. might have been alive back then <laughs> go lisa wow yeah. go, lisa, go, in, lisa, go. Go, yeah. lisa go lisa go go lisa go go okay i was in um you know a senior in high school 
Yeah. In 83, yeah. you were a senior in high school. Oh, no, I wasn't. I'm like, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, yeah, no. Um, but I thought that's when the challenger exploded. So yeah. she went into space before it exploded. Right. Okay, yeah. well, that I didn't know that. Different mission. Okay, all right. All right, number three. What team was the animated character Panthro a part of? Oh my God. What team? Yep. I don't know. I never heard of that ever. I, had, I can't even guess. I have no idea. Thunder, 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 cats. Thundercats. Uh, thunder never cats. heard of Panthro and Lion? Nope, never heard of them. Nope. Lion Richie. Lionel Richie. Is that his real name? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Uh, no, but that sounded pretty cool. That's not a real thing. Okay. Lionel Richie is a real thing. Yeah, I know, but Lion, <laughs> Lion L. Richie, I think he was one of the Thundercats. Sounds like Lionel it. Richie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it wasn't even close. There wasn't, you just made that all up because that would have been a cool name for Lionel um, Richie. Yeah, Lion, <laughs> Lion L. Richie. <laughs> yeah. Nope, didn't know it. Okay, sorry. Boo. I stink. Right. I got one. Okay. Oh, you got two and a bonus. Uh, I got the. Oh, okay. Um, so the bonus cancels out the, the third other two one. I didn't get. So you still okay. got three right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you're still batting a thousand. I mean, a thousand. Okay. All right. We should be keeping right. track of mine. Are you ready to talk about some movies? Sure. Cool, because I am. Okay. All, All right. right. The first one I want to talk about is a show that it's a movie that I absolutely love. And I don't know if I've talked to it about it before to you, but uh, never heard of it. But I get all these man movies mixed up. So. Well, this one is Disney's. It's a Disney film. Disney's Condor Man. If Condor Man can't do something in real life, then I won't have him do it in one of my comic books. Woody, you're a great cartoonist, but you're a lousy bird. What about the Istanbul Papers? Our Russian friends insist the exchange be handled by civilians. Just pick someone suitable. What's your name? Natalia. They sent a top agent. He called himself Condorman. Condorman? We have a Russian agent who wants to defect. The bear insisted upon you being the escort. Well, how could the bear know about me? Because you've already met her. Natalia Rambova of the KGB. I knew you would come. Krokov would be most interested. Watch out! Send out the Proknoviach. Make sure that Morovich is personally in charge. Escape! CIA! 
He is a writer of comic books! From 1981. Nope. 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 It's 40 years old this month, this year. So uh, I have the movie yeah. poster on my wall in my living room. And uh, I don't know why Disney hasn't done a Blu-ray of this film. It deserves a 40th anniversary collector's edition. They have not released one. I mean, it, it's you can get it on uh, DVD, but it's out of print. And they did put it on VHS, but they have never, ever done a collector's edition or a Blu-ray. So, well, I don't know why. That's yeah, I don't know why either, because this was an awesome movie. This is one of my favorite films from my childhood. Okay. I was 10 when my mom okay. took me to the theater to see it. Okay. And, uh, what an incredible experience to see Condor Man on the big screen. Yeah. You need to go to your theater now and beg them <laughs> to show it again. All right. He releases. I'm. I don't even know who's in it. I'm. I'm waiting to find oh, out. Oh yeah, you know? I'll tell you. Okay. But but this movie had everything that ten year old little me would have wanted. You know, it had mm -hmm. comic books. It had a superhero that oh. could fly. It had a James Bond type car loaded with all these gadgets. It had yeah. a. a a boat, a James Bond type boat with a laser cannon. You mean he's uh, not like a it bird? Had spies. It had a beautiful woman. Oh, he's like a bird. He flies. Like a condor, California condor. Yeah. Oh, it he can fly. Perfect. Okay, it was perfect. All right. Okay. It was like taking the comic book character Hawkman. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And blending him with James Bond. That's how cool it was. Okay. So I don't know why Disney's not giving more love Maybe to this movie. eventually it'll get around to it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's 40 years old this year. They should have already been uh, doing a reboot movie for the anniversary, okay. you know? Tell them to get on it. Kick them in the yeah. butt. Yeah. Okay. You, you was asking about the cast. It starred yeah. Michael Crawford. I know you know him. He's been mm. a lot of stuff. He, he does a lot of uh, plays, like, like uh, Broadway theater and stuff. Okay, name. Can you name anything? I don't know. His so I can plays. get a mental picture of him. I don't know his plays. You have to Google him, but I mean, I Michael mean, Crawford. Know his plays. Michael no. Crawford. Okay, is he yeah. still alive? Yeah. Oh. And he I played this character that. named Woody Wilkins, who was Condor Man. You know, he, he was Woody Wilkins, and then he put on Woody the Wilkins. costume, and he was Condor Man. All right. And it starred another guy that I love, and you will love. I mean, you probably love, and you know, James Hampton. Uh, okay. we, we just talked about James. We we lost James what last month and the month before he passed away. But he was the guy from F Troop, and uh, he's been on tons of stuff. We, we talked about him, and uh, he was in that oh. football longest yard. Oh, I do not know Michael Crawford at all. I don't. What? I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Really? I'm like trying to see him even young. He kind of looks like. Uh, cross between Robert Redford and David Soul, maybe kind of. <laughs> I don't know. He looks um, like he Woody looks, Wilkins to me. Looks like yeah. I have never seen him. Never seen him before in my life. Never seen him in anything. Mm. Nope. Don't eat, don't ring a bell. Well, um, James Hampton. You know who I'm talking about. He was on Team James Wolf. Dad. Yes, I know him. Yeah. I know him uh, from F Troop. Yes, yeah. I do. Well, James mm -hmm. is he's the he's the co-star of the movie. Oh, and then, he just died this year. Yeah, that's what I said. Like. 
a month or two months ago. He just yeah, passed April, away. April, April seventh. And then the bad guy was Oliver Reed. Another now Oliver Reed, I I like him. I yeah. I know who he is, and um, he was in. I'm pretty sure he's in the Brood. It's Oliver Reed. That's in yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, I do think you're yeah, right. Yeah, and he, you know what? He drank himself to death. Did you ever? Really? Did you ever read about his death? No. Yeah, he went into like a bar and like drank until he had like a heart attack. Oh wow! Like, I mean, literally. I mean, it was. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know, rough. Don't don't try that at home. Yeah, he was. I liked him as an actor, but he was kind of a. Yeah, he he was kind of a, a handful, I think. Yeah, well, he played the villain, and then the beautiful, sexy Barbara Carrera was the the woman, the female lead. Yeah, and I, I don't know her either. What? I don't know her. Oh my goodness! Look <laughs> up Barbara Carrera. Yeah, I might. I mean, I kind of. I don't know what else she would have been in. I wouldn't. You know, she was in, I think, Never Say Never Again with Sean Connery, the James Bond oh. movie. She, mm -hmm. She's been in tons of stuff. Uh, Barbara Carrera, beautiful, beautiful lady. Yeah. Oh, she was a lone wolf McQuaid. Oh. She was the girl, the, the, the love triangle between Chuck Norris and uh, Chuck her Norris. and uh, oh. what, what's his face? Kung Fu, David Carradine. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So moving along, uh, I'll tell you what it was about. So Michael Crawford. He, he plays this character called Woody Wilkins, and he's a comic artist and writer. How's that? And he yeah. performs uh, a simple, like a courier-type operation for his friend, uh, Harry, who's, who's plays by uh, – James Hampton plays Harry. So he does this uh, – Harry works for the CIA, okay? He's got like a desk job, and he's best friends with Woody, who's a comic artist and writer. Well, uh he has this courier job that comes up and it's very simple. You just have to take some papers and meet with a courier in Istanbul, give them the papers and then come home. Simple, simple. And they don't want a spy or anybody connected to the, the government to do it. They want a, a civilian. That's kind of the rules that the people in Istanbul have set. So he's like, Hey, I know the perfect guy. My friend, Woody, the comic artist, we'll send him. So, he talks Woody into it and uh, Woody thinks he's going to be a spy. And they're like, no, no, no. You know, this is just a courier. You're not a spy. You're just going over there, giving them some papers and coming home. So Woody's like, okay, okay. Well, when Woody shows up to get the papers, he's dressed in like, you know, a trench coat and a hat, dressed in like one of those old spies from the sixties, you know, in the movies. Yeah. Did so, you dress up like him as a kid too? All the time. Oh, did you? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, but James Hampton's like telling him, you know, no, you, we can't do this. You've got to be a civilian, a civilian, Woody. So he makes him take off the coat and everything. But, but anyway, so he gives him a courier bag and he puts him on a, uh, a plane. And then when he gets wherever he's going, he, he gets on a train. And, you know, anyway, he makes it to Istanbul. But by the time he gets there, he's got his coat and his hat back on like he's a spy. And, and in his mind, he's like a, a super spy, you know. And uh, but anyway. We back up just a second. He he does the the comic that he writes and draws is called Condor Man, and it, it's an actual comic book in the show. Okay, that like you know kids go and buy in the store, and he's the author and and the 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 artist and all that behind it. Well, uh, when he meets up with Barbara Carrera, who is this lady in Istanbul that he's supposed to deliver the papers to, he starts pretending he's a super spy, and he tells her that his code name is condor man all right 
and he's wearing okay. the trench coat and everything. And she's like thinking, well, you know, this is supposed to be a civilian. They, they sent a, a spy. Well, this sounds like it's going into three days of the condor. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, there's these people that attack him in Istanbul in this uh, bar. Okay. And they're going to try to kill condor man. And the papers that he's delivering, he's got a briefcase and they're handcuffed to his wrist and he's wearing the trench coat and the hat. And uh, these people come at him and he ends up fighting them off. And I think he might even kill them, but it, it's all accidentally. He's bumbling through it all. He might like uh, duck and somebody shoots and misses him. And then mm -hmm. he stands up and uh, turns around and he accidentally hits one with his briefcase and they go flying back and uh, crash through something. And another one, he moves at the right moment and they trip or something and somebody gets stabbed with a knife or, or it, it ends up going in the briefcase and he just bumbles through the whole thing, but it, it comes out. He looks like James Bond or something, you know, it's so cool. He yeah. looks like he knows what he's doing, you know, but he's just bumbling through it. And uh, he, he finally uh, leaves and stuff. It tells the woman about, you know, his name's Condor man and stuff. But anyway, he goes back to the United States and everything's fine. Does he have a mask? No. Well, he puts it on. It's got like a little beak and some eyes. Oh, really? A hood he wears. But anyway, um, he's not wearing that with this coat and stuff. That comes later. Okay. But, oh, um, okay. This is okay. Sorry. I'm, I, he's just I dressed like the... a spy. Okay. I'm just, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. But anyway, um, days pass by, maybe weeks or whatever. And, uh, James Hampton's back at the CIA at his desk job and his boss comes in and he says that uh, they have this woman. I don't even know what country they're in, but I don't know if it, if it's in Istanbul, if that was just middle ground or, or whatever the city where they were meeting. But so I don't know if it's in Turkey or where I can't remember, but they have a, a woman who wants to defect. And it's, um, it, it's this, this Barbara Carrera. Okay. And she's Oliver Reed's uh, girlfriend or it could be wife, but I think it was a girlfriend, but she wants to defect and the CIA wants to go get her because she knows all this stuff about this crime boss, Oliver Reed. Okay. So CIA thinks it would be a good move to uh, handle her defection. And then in return, you know, she'll help them uh, get Oliver Reed. So uh, there's one catch though. She will only defect if the agent known as Condor Man will handle the defection. So now, you know, the boss is like, we have no idea who she's talking about. We've, we've checked all of our databases, the CIA or any other government agent. None of them have an agent named Condor Man. So, you know, there's a lot of confusion. Well, James Hampton just kind of like puts his uh, face in his hands and shaking his head because he knows exactly what's going on. So he, he tells them about Woody and, uh, you know, and they're saying, well, how on earth she won't defect unless this agent is the one to get her. So they have to let him go back in as Condor Man, as an agent, and let this woman defect, okay, and bring her back over the border. So this causes right. a lot of problems, right? But uh, you can see I'm talking a lot about this movie because I really loved it. Oh, right? yeah, I know. I can yeah. tell you love it. Yeah. But anyway. So, so uh, to get him to go back in, he, he kind of blackmails him into one thing he wants. And what that is, is anything he tells them, they have to make for him. So he's going right off his comic book. 
they make him a condor man costume with actual wings that, you know, that fly and they make him a, a kind of like a James Bond type car that's painted like a, uh, like his costume. It's like a condor with feathers and stuff. He's yeah. got this boat that shoots laser cannons. He's got all these, these gadgets and disguises and, but anyway, so do they, they fly, he does fly in this. He, he flies does. around. Yeah. And is it, um, does it, is it CGI or is it, what's it no. look like? No, it it's looks not? awesome. It looks real. It's really? Like, yes. is it kind of like the, uh, how suit they did Superman? Well, similar, but I mean, he's flapping his wings and flying, you know. It's, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it is cool. To me, it was awesome. Just super okay. awesome. Oh. But it, it's got the, you know, you got to see it for all these vehicles with the gadgets. And it's on DVD. It's DVD. It is. It is. And mm. for, for whatever reason, I said Disney's not giving any love to it. Uh, it's not mm. even on Disney Plus. You can't find it. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. Write them in. Write write them a letter. Tell them. And know? I don't know why Disney never put out merchandise for this movie back then. Oh. I mean, Have I, you I want to other people that were very few nothing. Know about it? You know. Very few. You've, have you run into anybody that said that? A couple they of people it? that that they didn't say that. Well, I know one guy that I met at a con that said he loved it. So this could be like and then I have a friend exclusively you. Likes it. <laughs> you know? No, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, you know, it's a Disney movie. There, there had to be yeah. thousands of people that saw it. But no, I, I just uh, mean not like, many people um, remember like it. Not or, even Jamie or, or anybody it, you know? that like um, that like are you know on. I don't know if I remember talking to Jamie about it. He, really? He might. Okay. He might have seen it. I don't know. Hmm, but like but you know, like, like the toys would have been a no-brainer for Disney. Uh, because they had. I mean, well, it, it was it made for toys. I don't theater? know. I have no idea. But uh, oh. but the figures, uh, they could have had action figures. They could have had, you know, the car, the boat, the enemy. The enemies drove. There was like four or five black Porsches that would chase him. They, they could have put those Maybe out. Maybe bombed and they lost a bunch of money on it or something. I don't know. But they could have put model kits. Uh, they could have picked yeah. up from where the, if, if the movie lost money, the toy line should have surely made very it. very well. Yeah. Uh, no. But there was a uh, the only things that I bought back then that came out. There was a novel adaptation and a three issue comic book adaptation, you know, or, or a sequel or something. Uh, and that was it. But mm-hmm. I pounced on those when they came out. And uh, also, I have I have two versions of the movie poster. They did different styles. Yeah. Uh, but there were never any toys. I was so but bummed. Did, did you meet the guy that um, was Condor Man ever? Did you no. meet him? He, he, lives, he ever done I think it? He lives like in Australia or somewhere. Oh, he's like a. But I yeah, met, you know, James Hampton. He signed the poster. Uh, but um, oh. I'll tell you what about the toys. I even destroyed a vintage Mego Captain Kirk action figure back then just to make my own Condor Man action figure. Oh, my God. But I, I took some model paint and I painted him the color of Condor Man's costume. Oh my I even God. painted a beak on him. And I, I used the uh, material scraps at my mom's sewing closet and popsicle sticks to make him some wings. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I was a hardcore condor. You man were. Fan. Still oh am. Still am. I'll tell yeah. you, when I say still am, in my mm-hmm. living room over my piano, I've got a, a condor man poster. Mm-hmm. And then this is going to freak everybody out because, yes, I'm a grown man. And yes, I am secure in my, my manhood. Okay. On my king size bed, I have a condor man comforter. Where did you get that? From you made Taiwan, Taiwan or something. Oh. I'm like, did you have it made like off of a picture or they actually had it? They actually, uh, cause I saw it, somebody had, um, had a, um, ISIS, uh, shower curtain. And I think they took, took it from like, you know, you can take like pictures and, 
you know, they can take, they can, I, I don't know about the copyright like issues with some of that stuff though, you know, because yeah. I couldn't even get anybody to do a cake for Jordan with a, with a Florida Gator on it because of the co- the copyright stuff. So I don't know how they get, I don't know, I guess it's because it's in China or someplace. They don't, you know, nobody nobody messes with them yeah i kind of <laughs> you know? i kind of think this is a bootleg because it's the, the print Definitely. is not the greatest it's kind so of that's a, on your bed focus yeah that's in your bed in your bedroom right now yeah you sleep under a condor man condor man <laughs> okay did you get a pair of pajamas made in, in no no too? okay all right so people can find you if they're looking for you you know blend in with the, with the uh yeah you're not in pajamas in a comforter you know but i did have like that camouflage. london fog okay. trench coat and hat yeah mm-hmm. okay so you could have dressed up for him for our 80s night nobody ever i don't know if they who, who they would have thought you were like inspector nah, gadget or would, something nobody would have known it <laughs> yeah. yeah inspector gadget <laughs> yeah so yeah well i cannot add to that the only thing i do find just crazy is about oliver reed's death i mean i knew that he had um he died um drinking himself to death but i just was reading the exact amount of uh stuff he drank he drank eight pints of german lager a dozen shots of rum half a bottle of whiskey a few shots of hennessy cognac and and he had a pub bill of about 590 dollars in u.s dollars and then he uh, collapsed you know, when they were taking him to the hospital in an ambulance that bar after tender, he arm wrestled somebody. Yeah, that bartender should have been arrested, you know, for manslaughter. Just, I, I, I keep know. serving him and serving him and serving him like that. Maybe they couldn't stop him, you know. I don't know. Yeah, that they should be now. They would be. I mean, this this was. I mean, and he had um, he was arm wrestling these uh, uh, Navy sailors, and he beat five of them. And then after that is when um, he collapsed from. But that was 1999. He died. So I, I mean, think they were filming that movie Gladiator. Yeah, it was during the break when he from died, Gladiator. and they yeah. had to go back in and like like CGI or something to finish yeah. the film. Yeah, yeah, he died right in the middle of that. Right. And he had told um, Ridley Scott, who directed that, he had told him that he would quit drinking for this mo- for the movie Gladiator, but uh, he ended up only drinking on the weekends. He was a huge, big time drinker, a big alcoholic because he um, he was really ill with kidney problems as a result, and he they told him to abstain for uh you know for well they told him to quit drinking but he only quit for um like a year but you know he was he was really overweight too and he had gout so his health was really bad but i remember him in that movie uh the brood because he he reminded me he reminded me of my boss that was german he he was like real overpowering and had a loud voice and just kind of somebody that you know like it could be very intimidating to people you know he was only 61 when he died so hmm. wow hey that that guy that i told you i met one other super fan of of condor man I met him at a con fan that, of condor that, man yeah <laughs> that, that con was actually here at lake charles so and i've talked to that guy and we actually talked about doing a back back then a condor man podcast and we never did <laughs> well I, well, how could you do that? How could you go on and on about Contour Men? And well, here's podcast? the thing. Have you ever heard of those minute podcasts? They don't last a minute, but they talk about a minute of a movie or a minute of a, you know. No, I don't, I don't know anything about other podcasts. I only know us. Okay. We are the only one I know of. Well, I've never let me tell you this. Else. I don't know There's podcasts out there called the Minute Podcast, and you can look them up. There's, there's thousands of them. 
that they might have one called the Star Wars Minute. And each episode, they take one minute of the film in order and they talk about that minute for the whole podcast. So it'll go on and on and on for years. Yeah. (laughs) So, so like the first few episodes are just about the credits. So, so when the credits are rolling for that one minute, they'll talk about each actor that comes up. Oh, wow. No. So we, we were going to do the Condor Man minute and we never got around to it. Like three years. Okay. Yeah, we mm-hmm. never got around to it. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I don't know how, you know, I don't know where you'd find your audience out there, but I'm sure somebody yeah. out there. Could, well, you might not know about I Condor think that there are some people that would flock to you. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, I get it. Okay. The whole, the whole wing, wing thing. Yeah. Yeah. The wing thing. Be your wingman. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. might not know about Condor Man, but I know one thing you know about is cooking meatballs. Cooking meatballs. Yeah. Because I ate some of your meatballs and they were delicious. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh speaking of meatballs. <laughs> okay. Spaghetti and meatballs. Didn't you have yeah. something to say about meatballs? Yeah, you know, I had thought that that would be a cool thing to do is like a dinner and a movie. And we watch uh, meatballs and eat spaghetti and meatballs. Um, but we didn't watch meatballs. But we should have because it is one of the best summer movies to me of all time. I watch it every summer. I love it. So, yeah, I'm not talking spaghetti and meatballs, just plain old meatballs, which I think they're meatballs because it's like kind of like they're nerds, you know, yeah, a nerd is a meatball, yeah. you know, like a goofball meatball. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Now this, so, this is the one with Bill Murray, right? Yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, okay, it's uh, 1979. Yeah. Yeah. I it's have that. not seen this movie in decades. Really? I, yeah. I love this. I should have made you watch it. I should have yeah. made you. Since we were debating what to watch, I should have made you watch Meatballs. I'm your head counselor. Hoping to make your summer camp experience the best available in this price range. For one summer, the parents of 300 children... You must be the short, depressed kid that we ordered. Come on inside, Frankenstein. I'll buy a cocktail. ...are putting their faith... These are the camp rules. Be in here if you want to check these out a little bit later. ...in one man... There's no way we're going to beat this team. What are we going to do? We're going to lose. But we can lose with some self-respect. It just doesn't matter! It just doesn't matter! Cut the light. Okay. Yeah, for now. But if you don't win, we cut it off. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer. Uh, during Sexual Awareness Week, we import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. Oh, my God. Take and then the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week. Bill Murray. Meatballs. Really? Yeah, I love it. I love the whole cast of this. And they're like a lot of unknown people in this. Besides, I mean, Bill Murray is really the only, um, you know, main player in it. You know, uh, he it was like his first big role after, I think, being on Saturday Night Live. Mm. And and it was um, directed by Ivan Reitman. Um, but he he later directed Stripes which and Ghostbusters, which, oh, yeah. you know, both starred Bill Murray. So yeah. um, this movie it introduced uh teen actor chris makepeace as rudy gurner who was also in i think he was in my bodyguard did you see that yeah was that the main kid yeah yeah the young kid Um, yeah yeah and 
And also the, the cast, um, other people in the cast, I, um, the one girl that was in it is Kristen DeBell and she played AL in it. And I got to meet her in real life at um, an event. She was really nice. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the guy that played her boyfriend in the movie is played by Todd Hoffman. And that's Dustin Hoffman's real life brother. Ah, did not know that. Yeah, and it's the only thing I've ever seen him in. And then the rest of the cast, I don't know who they were. They might've been Canadian actors because um, it was filmed in Canada. It was was filmed at, the filming location for it was Camp White Pine. Um, It's on Hurricane Lake, It's it's in Ontario. Um, and it took place between August and September of 1978 was when it was filmed. But it was like the film, it was the highest grossing Canadian film of all time. Wow. And so, um, and then it followed up by a bunch of sequels, but none of them really related to, only the third one I heard related to anything to do with the original. The other ones didn't have anything to do with anything, you know, mm. but they were just like a summer camp. I never saw any, and I did not see any other Meatball movie. So, but I love the the cast, and there's a um, one of the guys that's in it. Um, uh, he 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 was also in uh, My Bloody Valentine. He was the one that uh, Paul Kelman was friends with. Um, yeah. I'd have, uh, uh, he played. I think his name's Larry in the, in the in Meatballs. But um, the the one guy that's like the one the one nerd guy named Spaz. I think he was actually um, doing. Um, he was part of the like maybe the casting like, you know, produ- like in the production of it. And he would, I, I heard this before that he would like read with other actors that were up for the part and nobody else could like do the part as spaz as good as he did. And then, so they cast him as spaz. So, but it's, but it's all about like, you know, summer camp and these ca- group of counselors, they're CITs they're, they're, and they get a new group of uh, them, these counselors in training uh, and it's at Camp North Star. And it's like, um, they're like, they have a rival camp across the lake from them. And they're, they're called the Mohawks. They're like all the rich kids. Yeah. And they're like their rivals. And um, that's all I remember about it is they had the rich camp and they were trying to like do yeah. sports events against them. Yeah. And they yeah. have like a big thing at the end where they like do a, like a competition thing that they have to compete against them. Yeah. Well, like yeah, Camp they, Olympics or something. Yeah. 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 Olympiad is what they do. Yeah. And, um, yeah and like they never have won never ever ever and you know i just there's a scene in there where um you know bill cosby or bill cosby bill murray he's drugging them all and taking them back to his camp no 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 i don't even know why i said him where did he (laughs) pop into my head yeah bill murray was like uh doing this like you know and it just doesn't matter like if they uh win or not because all the the really uh you know you know cool girls or whatever are still gonna go out with the guys from uh, you know, Camp Mohawk because they got all the money. And so it doesn't matter if they win or lose, you know, they're just going to try and do their best. But um, they they end up doing all these things to, and they end up winning. And it, well, they get down to where um, it, there's a cross country like run and, and it comes down to they, their uh, like star runner uh, uh, gets hurt and they have to find somebody else. And uh, this Rudy, this Chris Makepeace has been like, kind of been taken in by um bill murray who his his name in the show is tripper um that's his last name i'm not even sure oh tripper harrison's his name um that that is his first name i wasn't sure if it was his first name or his his last name but um he kind of takes him in like a big brother kind of like thing uh, because he because rudy's just not he's not um like fitting in with the other kids they kind of pick on him and stuff and he he thinks he he's gonna leave 
and, and leaves the camp and um, take a bus back and Bill Murray shows up at a diner and talks and then stay in. And um, so they, he kind of, um, you know, plays cards with them. He takes them running. Um, he kind of just like, you know, you know, befriends him. And then at the end of the movie, it's kind of a really sweet ending to it because they get Rudy to run the race and, and Rudy wins the whole Olympiad for them. So, and it's like this, there's this really pretty music at the end of it. I just, I just like the whole scene where, um, you know, they, they, it's like, a, they win, you know, and it's, it's cool. I, I love it because I love camp movies and I love summer movies and it's, it's a great, you know, fun. It's a, it's a really good comedy. Yeah. So, yeah. And this was a little more, if I remember right, like family friendlier than a lot of those teen movies. Yeah, it didn't I'm have all sure. the nudity I don't stuff think it in was, it. No, there's no nudity in yeah, it. Um, yeah. No, there's a couple scenes in it where like the girls are talking about like reading a book and stuff, and the guy the guys crawl underneath the um, you know the cabin that they're in, and they get stuck underneath there, and they come out and they pull their pants off and and, and hang them on a flag, <laughs> you know, and it's like that was kind of funny. And I mean, there's just uh, you know, it's just like I I was a camp counselor. I don't know if you ever went to camp. Oh, yeah. You ask people that, like if they went to camp, if they went to day camp, if you went to overnight camp. Yeah, I went to 4-H camp several times. Yeah. Did you like camp? It was all right. You know, I you know how I'm like camp. a but loner I, and stuff. Camp's really not uh, a place for me. <laughs> Were you I, a loner as a child? I got in a fight at 4-H camp the last day. Did you? Well, actually, I, I want to say I got in a fight, but... uh. I pretty much ended the fight before it started. Yeah. <laughs> but, what, uh, what, what, punching someone in the face? Well, this this guy, <laughs> he was picking on me the whole camp, and I just stayed to myself. And, I mean, the whole camp, he was picking on me. Well, the last day, we were eating lunch, and then after lunch, we were going to load up on buses and go back to our schools and stuff. But uh, the last day, he was picking on me, picking on me, picking on me. And he came up to my table where I was eating, and I had enough of it. It happened the whole camp. Uh -huh. So he was standing there picking on me, laughing. And I stood up and I picked up my tray and I smashed it right in his face. I mean, he had really? peas up his nose and potato <laughs> on his face, you know, yeah. and it shocked him so much. He didn't know what to do. Oh my God. And, and I hit I... him pretty hard with the tray. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. And then I walked over to the table with the counselors and I said, Hey, I just hit this guy. He's been picking on me, you know, and they, they were like <laughs> cool with it. Yeah. So, so they went and got the other kid and, you know, he got in trouble, but anyway, oh my. I, just, I put an end to it. <laughs> we, we, I love, we, I went to camp where like the kids were like, um, they were like all special needs kids. And I was a counselor there and it was like two weeks out of the summertime and it was just day camp. We took the bus there and then we went for the day and then came home and we didn't stay overnight. And I remember on the last day we had a food fight. And they have a food fight. They have in like this movie and in Little Darlings, which is a camp movie too. They have a food fight in those, and it's like that. That is so. That was so much fun. We had so much fun that the one girl that I was friends with actually literally Peter pants because she was laughing so hard because wow. we were just we were. It was so funny and and uh, we used to do like on the bus like um you know do you remember those like little hugs drinks you know that had like the the um aluminum foil on the top of them and you could poke a hole in them yeah and then you could squeeze them and they and, and and squirt them at people like um there was they there was drink like a drink in a plastic it looked like a little barrel do you, do you know what i mean like 
Did you have them down there? I don't remember a little barrel. You could get water. You know, the little, the little box. We get the water. Like, the and, and they would sneak them on the bus and sneak them in under there. Like uh, guys would have them underneath their shirts and stuff, and then sneak them on. And then um, I would I have snuck remember- them in under my trench coat. Yeah, <laughs> you'd probably had uh, my condor man coat. trench coat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, we yeah, went and we scored each other on the bus and stuff, and that was always fun. But um, I just remember my brother; he's like three and a half years younger than me. And when I got him, I got him to go to camp, and he must have been only in the seventh i think he had to be from seventh grade to like a senior in high school to even be a counselor because the kids were some of the kids were you know older and some of them you know could be um uh you know that i mean it's pretty strong and and uh they, they could have like some behavioral issues and my brother always got a kid that like bit him and hit him and critter was like really little then. So he would come to me crying and say, I don't want to do camp no more, <laughs> you know, cause this kid bit me and this kid hit me. And, you know, and so I'd have to go find it uh, like a nice little girl, like that he, that was really uh, tame, like that, that what he could handle, you know, cause he was just, he was, he was a, when he, even when he was younger, he was like a still, a, he, he's not real, you know, tall, you know, so, um, yeah, uh, he he wasn't digging it at first. I thought I have to keep him in the keep him in the camp, or he's not going to come back with me. But but uh, I love to go into camp, and so I have this whole thing about camp and camp movies and being a camp counselor, and I just loved it. I mean, I still the the camp that I was a camp camp counselor at was called Camp Friendship, so I always thought that was a cool cool name for a camp, you know. And then they did like arts and crafts and you know uh, nature study and uh, like phys ed stuff and they went fishing and they had different you know people come in and uh, like the firemen would come in and um, take them for a ride on the thing and we play games and go on nature walks and I loved it I loved it you know it was fun I, like like girl you know like like guys that um like 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 me and stuff like back then they were like other counselors so it was always fun like I was always like wearing their hat or their shirt or something it was fun ride see who sat with you on the bus <laughs> you know it was fun so um I didn't hit anybody in the face though I I um did get in a, a fight though once where I punched a girl right in the nose so cool. she kept saying to me that she was gonna come knock my glasses off my face when I was like in the seventh grade um, we kind of had a thing going. I don't know why we became like rivals because later after this, we actually became really good friends, but, um, she was always saying she was going to beat me up and stuff. And she said, she's going to punch me in the face and knock my glasses off. And I said, uh, go ahead and try. And she come over to me and I punched her right in the nose. And, nice. uh, yeah. And that was the end of that. <laughs> so yeah, you got to stand up for yourself sometimes, you know, You're so violent. Uh, that was it. That's the only time I punched anybody in the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Except the kid, the kid that was throwing rocks at us, you know, once I pulled his hair out and stuff, but yeah, that was a whole nother, it was the incredible Hulk stuff, but yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- this is a, like a, ha- like a happy, funny, it's not like a, it's not like it, it is funny. I mean, there's parts of it that are really funny. I, I used to love Bill Murray back then, like in his, in his beginning, like when he did stuff and then, you know, he later did, uh, you know, what about Bob? And that's kind of sort of, I don't know. It's not really campy, but it's like vacationy, but it's a whole nother completely different, not anything like this character, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. And then he did Groundhog Day, of course, you know, which yep. 
He went to Punxsutawney. He actually was in Punxsutawney for, so I have that kind of connection to uh, Bill Murray. So, and I met uh, what's uh, um, Cindy Morgan that was in Caddyshack with him. So this was like during his Caddyshack, uh, you know, you know, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Meatballs was like the beginning. Yes, yeah, Stripes. I love Stripes. Him coming, becoming big time. I love Stripes up until the end when it like kind of splits and goes off into another whole thing with them taking over the camper thing and um, like that, you know, and, and it goes like after they complete their training, you know, it seems like it, it turns into a whole completely different movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, they still, they actually have that, that real camp that's in Ontario. Um, it's a real summer camp. I've looked it up before because um, they, they still have, they have camps starting now. Like it was starting here in July, you know, and I, we have a couple camps like close to us. We have camp Woodward and we have camp, um, the Hamu, who Woodward and Bernstein. <laughs> yeah. They, they write, it's a publishing, you, you know, it's a book. Yeah. Book camp. Yeah. No, it's actually, actually a big time, uh, camp for, um, I think only wealthy people go, I think it's like about a thousand bucks a week. Um, and, uh, they get, uh, some people get flown in here, like, and have their own private helicopters. It's a, um, uh, for gymnastics, like for cheerleaders and stuff. And they have their, their, um, t- their classes are taught by, uh, uh, ex-Olympians, you know, and, uh, then they have a, um, a skateboarding one for like a skateboard. And then they have one for like film too, like m- in movies, it's all part of that. So that kid that people the kids come to like from all over the world but you you got to have some bucks for those camps yeah i would never been able to go you know so yeah now we're going to talk about some wonderful tv shows from the 70s and 80s and in this discussion we want to welcome a special guest back to the podcast not the boy that was raised by wolves in the wilderness of northern minnesota We'll talk to him on another episode. I'm speaking about the unsinkable Billy Ray Bates. Hi, Billy Ray. How, how <laughs> Hi you doing? There. I am good, Patrick. Thank you. Well, welcome back to the Pop Ninja Podcast. Yeah, thanks. What's been going on, Billy Ray? Uh, you have anything new you can in the works that you can talk to us about? Well, I got a couple. Um, working on a couple new BRB TV um, book projects, but um, one of them I'm still in the process of trying to contact the uh, license rights holders, so I can't really tip my hand about that. And then the other one I'm a go on, but it's a very slow thing, and so I don't want to tip my hand about that. But you know, sometime in the next few years they're going to be out. But cool. I've been having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Billy Ray. Uh, we, we know how much you love retro television, so mm-hmm. we wanted to visit with you about a couple of TV shows that are near and dear to your heart. So first up, uh, let's delve into the 1974 TV series, Cole Shack, the Night Stalker. Meet Cole Shack, the Night Stalker. He reports on the incredible, the unbelievable, the unthinkable. Darren McGavin is the Night Stalker. Premieres next Friday night.
a fantastic, a uh, but but short lived series. You know? Yeah, just yeah, one I, I don't. Season. I've never heard of it, so I'm not. I can't believe yeah. Lisa, you you're never heard kidding. Of it. Oh no, my gosh. I don't know. I mean, there, there were two TV movies, and then the series, and then they Holy did a reboot shit. series. Yeah, I've never seen the reboot series, but you know, this was one of those things. When I was a kid, it was you know, like you said, it was short lived. It was 20 episodes, one season, 1974, 1975, and I watched a few episodes, and I had such dim memories of them growing up, but I always wanted to see it again. And, you know, then the internet came along and I was able to look it up and because I never saw it re-airing anywhere, but I just had these vague memories of this hour long drama that had supernatural aspects. I remembered oh, yeah. like a vampire episode. I remembered Earth. a Jack the Ripper episode. And I'm oh, like, yeah, that, that was good. show was so cool. And I remember the name of it was so similar to Kojak, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Savalas. Loves you, baby. You're beautiful. In fact, I thought of it as Kojak for years. I didn't even really understand that there was a difference between the, the show, the name of the two shows. But yeah, only when I became an adult and could look it up on the internet, I'm like, that's the show right there. I want to see that again. And um, me TV, I watched it again for the first time since those vague childhood memories on me TV, watched the whole run of it. And then my brother got me the DVD set too. So I absolutely loved it great show <laughs> you know I, I didn't have vague memories because i would actually dress up in my dad's suit coat and tie and i would pretend that i was koshak oh you know he had that great seersucker suit and oh, then he yeah. had that funny hat almost that like straw a hat. straw hat right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a straw hat and it was so trademark and he was kind of frumpy you know in a way almost like a colombo type thing right but very right. shrewd and so intelligent and just yeah. chasing down every every episode every case just chasing it down until he beat it into the ground you know right. just very determined <laughs> i love yeah. that and my, my grandma had one of those uh suitcase typewriters so I, I would be dressed in my dad's, you know, suit coat and tie, and uh, I'd be sitting there at a typewriter just typing away. You were cosplaying Colchak before <laughs> That's cosplay true. was a thing. That's true, yeah. <laughs> you got to do that at a con sometime. I want to yeah. see a Colchak at a con sometime because yeah. it is distinctive. Like if you get one of those seersucker suits yeah. and you wear that to a con, maybe like um, with pant legs that are a bit too short, <laughs> right, right. that would be like, oh, it's Colchak. <laughs> And tennis shoes. He had the suit and he wore tennis shoes with him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So I guess so he could chase down the story, you know. Run, <laughs> yeah. Run. But uh, but yeah. it starred uh Darren McGavin. And uh mm -hmm. for those who don't know who he is, he was the dad from a Christmas story. V very good actor. He's been mm -hmm. in many, many shows. Uh, uh Lisa, he was in the uh yeah, six I, million I, dollar I, man pilot uh movie. I just looked him up so I could see what you're talking about, just so I could get a mental picture of what you guys are describing because I, even after i see a picture of it I'm like it looks like something from salem's lot or something but i'm, yeah. I'm like yeah but i don't i don't i do not remember it when she said col uh kojak that's what i thought you were talking about so oh okay. i'm like was so he even sucking you on thought it was kojak yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kojak yeah. well, well anyway uh wrong. darren mcgavin he played carl kojak and uh he was just just this very curious investigative reporter for uh 
Was it Chicago? It was. He he was based in Chicago, which is a yeah. little different. I appreciated that. That was a different setting. It wasn't all like L.A. Hollywood. So he was based in Chicago, and he worked for something called INS, which I think was either. I always thought of it being a, a news person myself. A reporter, right. I think it's more like a wire it. wire service. It's a wire service, and I yeah. always thought of it as international news service. But I saw online where it was called independent news service. But it's a, a fictional. Um, a fictional <laughs> news service, you know, like AP or something like that. Right. Yeah. Now he was he was a lot like that uh that reporter. He reminded me of the reporter like that was chasing the Hulk all the time, McGee. Yes, McGee. Yeah. yeah. He's, all, he's guys, always going after those uh stories like that, you know. Yeah, you guys talked about him on a recent episode. I know yeah. McGee. I always yeah. liked McGee too. But yeah, I think making him a reporter was perfect for the show because he was always chasing down. It's like he happened like maybe he was covering a story and he happened upon something weird right. and he would like I said chase it down until he got to the bottom of it. But definite um fun supernatural stuff that you just didn't always see in what would otherwise be called maybe a crime drama, you know, an hour long right. drama or a cop drama or something like that. <laughs> and I liked his, uh, his boss on the show. Uh, what was it? Was it Joe? Maybe. I forgot um, the name. Yeah. Simon Oakland was the yeah, actor Simon and Oakland. just so exasperated all the time. Like, call Jack, you know, yeah. just like, ah, what'd you do? You spent <laughs> the whole, you spent the whole budget on this dumb story, you know, just well, always so frustrated. And yeah. Like you were saying, he might've been onto a regular story and then he gets sidetracked by these supernatural things he hears about. Yes. But I, I like how he always had the supernatural books in that, in his, in his uh, desk drawer tucked away, hiding them. Yeah, because his, his boss would get so mad. At and then <laughs> there was like in the office, there was the older lady with the typewriter right. or something. She was always working on something. And then there was another reporter, um, Ron, like the other reporter who would sometimes get stuck with the story that Kolchak didn't want to cover because he was out chasing down this this other lead. This right. Ron Updike. And yeah. Kolchak would always call yeah. him Uptight. Uptight. He'd be like, no, it's Updike. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was cool. And, you know, funny enough, um, I saw that Darren McGavin even guest starred on an episode of The X-Files later. And oh. to me, there were a few X-Files vibes in this yes. show, too, yes. long before X-Files ever hit the air. Right. It, it so was a lot like The X-Files. Cool. In fact, yeah, when The X-Files came out, that's what I'd always think of. Oh, this is like Coach Hack, except, <laughs> you know, yeah. except there's two of them and they're, they're government agents. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just such great guest stars. I mean, um, Richard Keel, Hunter Von Lear, um, Beatrice Cullen from Wonder Woman. You know, the other the other little gal at the office in the first season, the oh, 1940s yeah. season, Beatrice Cullen, Tom Skerritt from Picket Fences, Kathy Lee Crosby, um, Pat Harrington Jr., the super on One Day at a Time <laughs> was on an episode, yeah. David Doyle of Charlie's Angels, uh, Michael Strong of Star Trek, Dick Van Patten of Eight is Enough, just so many amazing that's what i love about re-watching it on me tv is that you could sit there and see all these people that you would not have known as a kid like oh there's so and so even bernie capel from love boat and eric braden who's done a ton of tv over the years victor newman on the young and the restless so just so many great guest stars wow. is it from the 70s or the 80s 70s okay i because i see it on amazon you can buy it on dvd yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. My brother got me that that set. A very, you know, like I yeah. said, only twenty episodes. So. They also have like the it. 
They also have the two TV movies on uh, Blu-ray now. You know, I don't know that I've seen those. Did you say those came before the 20 episode series? Yes, yes. Uh, the, the the series, it was a result of two very successful uh, TV movies. Uh, the first one was called The Night Stalker in 72, and then The Night Strangler in yeah. uh, 73. Mm. Yeah, and they were, they were so together. popular that uh, the, the, the network approached uh, Darren McGavin and and McGavin didn't want to do the series, but they offered him to be a. Uh, now this I read this is like uncredited, but they they made him like the. Uh, I don't know what you call it, executive producer on the show. Okay. But but it's not in the credits as executive producer. But uh, they, they gave him that to kind of entice him to do the series. Hmm. So do you think somebody that never saw it should watch the two movies? Definitely. Oh, watch. I'm I'm sorry. Watch the two movies first. Yeah. You don't you don't have to. So, you know, same character. Same shenanigans. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, because, because I just saw that you can buy them as a package together on Amazon. Like you can get the two movies and the yeah. together. But why not start there? I mean, that's a good, okay. you know, good okay. good place to start. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, and what's, go ahead, Patrick. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, what always confused me about the, the subtitle of the series, The Night Stalker, later on you know, like 10 years after the show was on the air in the 80s, there was a Night Stalker serial killer, Richard Ramirez, which was always yeah. so weird. So if you Google Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez comes up. And then you said that even one of the TV movies, Kolchak was called, or they, they used the subtitle Night Strangler too, which I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, that was, was the name of the movie, uh, The Night Strangler. Yeah. So, Wow. I remember Richard Ramirez. I remember that. The Night Stalker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He killed He's creepy. The I, I oh, know yeah. exactly what he looked like. He looked like the devil. He was just <laughs> like... You know what? I'm glad you said that because I have studied a lot of serial killers recently for another book project that I just finished a few months ago. And um, he is somebody, if you watch the video clips of him like being brought into court. And, I, I and, have you know, seen some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when he looks at you, like he makes eye contact with the camera, it is like evil itself. And, you know, yeah. there are so many serial killers that, that do look like the boy next door and you would never suspect they're actually killing people. Oh, he seems so sweet. But this guy, he had it just coming evil. out of every pore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's just very creepy. Do you know what he looks like, Patrick? Yeah, I remember seeing him. Yeah, I've seen, you know what, I, I, ha I have kind of a thing about like uh, that kind of stuff too, you know, a little bit and have read the stuff because I just can't understand how people become that or what, what traumatized them so bad, you know what I mean, that they yeah. are a serial killer and then, and like, you know, with, with the whole thing with like Charles Manson and Helter Skelter, all that stuff and then mm -hmm. all that, that time period in the 70s was like a really creepy it was a heyday for serial killers, 70s and 80s. Serial killing, you know, serial killers have gone down in numbers in recent decades because, for one thing, um, there's, like, video everywhere now. Oh, yeah. That you look. So if you commit yeah. one murder, you're going to be gonna caught because yeah. you're going to be caught on video somewhere. And then police techniques and DNA evidence and all of that. And people really have their phone so on them, and they can't, like, really, like, grab you and take you. And, um, yeah. So people don't really get a chance to commit a second murder nowadays no. but back then in the 70s and 80s serial killers were huge right yeah. we heard there was a the time there was one that was up in punxsutawney and and there was a girl that was murdered in um and they and they found her naked in the, the um old slaughterhouse in um and punxy wrapped up in a plastic bag 
And it was when I was in the eighth grade and she was seventh grade, but they never caught the killer till 10 years later until he uh -huh. killed a, a young boy and they found him in the, uh, the junkyard. And it's like, it was such a creepy story. And this guy was like living downtown in an apartment above the pet store. And it could have made a, it could make a crazy movie. It could make a book, you know. It's wow. just, I, it so he had a 10 year break? Yeah. I mean, they, they don't think he killed in those 10 years? That's yeah, crazy. It's like between like 1981 and then 1991. Like yeah, the, sometimes that means they get married and have a family. Actually, that's happened a time or two over the years with some of these high profile serial killers. I want to say BTK did that. One of them that we that is a household name did that. He, he stopped for 10, 20 years. And then I think he got drawn back out because there was something in the local paper saying, it's the anniversary of these murders. And where did he go? Oh, he must yeah. be gone. And so he came back out and started oh. killing again. I think that was BTK. Did you see that? There's this, um, a new series. I started watching it with Jordan. And it's I think it's called The Manhunter. No, and, and it's... And it's about the serial killers and the BTK one is one of the stories that they do in it. Mm -hmm. It's a new show and they, they do different. Um, yeah. Cause there's a different uh, serial killer per, uh, maybe per episode. Um, okay. Yeah. It was, I was starting to watch it and then we got sidetracked into something else, but I kind of want to go back to it, but it, that stuff gives me the creeps. I mean, I just, you know, yeah, because there are so they're many. True. That, <laughs> because yeah, they're true. and there are so many that live normal lives. Like this yeah. guy, it's kind of um, unusual for them to actually have a wife and kids. They're more often on their own. But yeah, like this guy, family man, his daughter was flabbergasted, you know, when she learned this can't be my father. I, I can't believe this is my father. So, yeah. Hey, Billy Ray, this gives me an idea. We ought to do an episode <laughs> on serial killers of the 70s and 80s. Yes, okay. totally. Totally. It's, it's for Halloween. That. Let's do one for an October. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like it. Well, Billy Ray, um, have you read any of the Shack comic books that Dynamite put out? I need to get them. I saw when they were going to come out, I saw a notice of it somewhere online. I'm like, oh man, I got to get that. And then it just, you know, slipped through the cracks of <laughs> things yeah. that I look for. I guess I got to get on Amazon and find yeah. it. How many have they done? I'm not sure, but uh, I remember buying one just for the cover. I, I never read it. I just tucked it away, but uh, you know, it had him, I think he was holding up a cross. Like, you know, mm -hmm. fighting off a vampire or something. Yes, Dynamite does it. You said it was Dynamite, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do great stuff. Yeah. Great independent stuff, kind of off the wall like this. You know, they right. pick something out of the past and, and this, oh, this yeah. kind of thing they do. Yeah. Now, uh, I was talking, I mentioned the, the reboot series in the 90s. It was just called uh, The Night Stalker. No Koshak in the title. but uh, hmm. And you said you never saw it, right? No. Yeah, it, it was just a handful of episodes and it got canceled. Uh, it was, it wasn't really that good. Uh, Stuart Townsend, you know, he is, he, he played uh Koshak. Okay. And he teamed up with a cop. It was a uh, Gabrielle union. She played uh, this, this cop that was always teaming up with them instead of, you know, like on the series, most cops were against him. They were arresting him and stuff. But, uh, but here he had this cop that actually believed in him and uh, would team up and solve cases. Mm, okay. But the one thing that really grabbed my attention about this series was, uh, I think it was the first episode. They had one special effects shot and they're in the newspaper office and uh, in the background, there's a guy getting some papers out of a filing cabinet. And when he turns around, it's Darren McGavin. Oh, nice. They, they inserted him in there. And uh, yeah. I don't know 
if it was CGI or, or if they just superimposed, you know, his face. But um, it, it was him, <laughs> young, like from like they took it from the show, you know. Anyway, there, there, there's cool. been a, yeah, I thought that was a nice nod to the original series, and uh, there's been a lot of talk on the the interwebs about you know like a theatrical uh, feature film in the works. I'd love to see that. Yeah. So yeah, who would you would think cool. would make a good Cole Shack if they, they made a film today? Oh, my gosh. You know, he was, Darren McGavin, I looked up, was 52 when he did that show. Which is older than I thought. Yeah, totally. And oh, yes. I thought he was Spring in his chicken. 40s. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. We're young. But I thought he was in his 40s. Even when I rewatched, I'm like, wow. And so I'm surprised by that. So, yeah, I mean, who is around nowadays that would fit that that whole Patrick. thing he had going <laughs> i'll tell you uh brian cranston oh. i can see him in that cheap suit and straw hat you know <laughs> but, but to me if they if they did it i don't i wouldn't like it as a modern day show they got to go back to the 70s you know yeah but yeah, i think I if, if they good. said it in the good. 70s and they they put brian cranston i think it'd be good that could be interesting. And it would be a hit because Brian Cranston is very popular. You know, he'd draw, draw the people in. Right. Right. You better write to him and tell him. To get on I him. will. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So, yeah. Was he a police officer, like a detective? Is that what he was? No. He was, he was a reporter. He was a reporter for oh, a wire reporter. service. Oh, he was okay. Wired. Okay. Where, where have you been, Lisa? <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard you say you wanted to do Jack McGee, but I, I somewhere drifted off into something. Uh, I don't know. Another dimension. I was in. Uh, yeah. put, put down the cheeseburger. I was one in one of the X file. Uh, you know, whatever. Okay. So right. okay, gotcha. Well, Billy Ray or Lisa, y'all have anything to add about Kolchak? No, I think it would be a cool. Um, I think it, I might buy it to watch it during like the fall. Yeah, I like, get it. Because I we'll, like finding like, uh, like creepy stuff and things I haven't seen, and I like the whole. I mean, I love anything set in the '70s, so um, mm -hmm. I, I like I like you know to see what everything the the surroundings are in in a. You know, yeah, I do too. The, yeah. My my joy of watching '70s television is just watching the fashions. I I love looking at the fashions. <laughs> Yeah, see, I like the, so. the clothes and I like, but I like looking at people's houses. I like looking at what, like the stuff in their house, like, you know, yeah. just, just even like the cars, like the whole look of it, you know, it's what they, it was what it was like to live in it, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. it's like, what, yeah, it's like looking at movies, like from the thirties and the forties and thinking, what was it really like to live then? And how many people are alive now that don't know, never experienced the seventies, mm -hmm. this kind of can't. Uh, can't quite grasp that. <laughs> yeah, and you can watch a TV show like that and just feel like you're right back there when you yeah. were a kid. You know, the way right. things feel. And like you said, the atmospherics, the house, what the house looks like inside, and you're like, oh, you're looking at, yeah. like, the living room, and oh, we had right. a couch like that, and you're just, you're yeah. right and back everybody, there. <laughs> they had, everybody had ashtrays in their houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More people smoked. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, they did, like, they well, people like, smoke outside now. <laughs> everybody had an ashtray on their desk everybody had an ashtray like one of those stand-up ones you know so oh yeah the one on like the skinny stand yeah. yeah and you could push the button and the ashes would fall through to the bottom yeah. it had yeah. like the trap door yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's like, I, you know, not that like smoking brings back any good memory or, you know, but um, every my family, like my grandparents, they, everybody smoked back then. It was just not, you know, I mean, everybody didn't realize it was going to kill you later. Right. So. And now because of what we know, people tend to step outside. And so houses don't smell like, well, unless you're really a hardcore smoker that lives there, I guess houses might still smell like smoke. But, you know, yeah. there's so many people who politely step outside now. So. Y'all yes. remember uh, smoking jackets? Oh, yeah. You mean like a Hugh Hefner type? Yeah, thing? yeah. Like people yeah. put them on like a robe so their clothes wouldn't smell like smoke. Yeah. Oh, is that why they put them on? I never knew yeah. like, where I that term that came from. Yeah, that's why Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, they could, yeah, they could just otherwise just what you had to stand outside naked if you didn't want to stink your clothes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so they put Speaking of. Speaking yeah. of Hugh Heffer and uh, standing outside naked, I want to mention that uh, <laughs> that Shack for a primetime network TV show in the 70s, it has some kind of risque uh, shots in there. Like, uh, I remember in the Ripper episode, uh, there was a, I don't know if, I think it was the first girl killed. They showed like a flashback scene and she's like a stripper and she's on stage and they show her from her back and completely bareback. And uh, and she walks off stage into her dressing room, and she kind of turns, and you see some side boob there, you know. Wow, you remember and that? Huh? Completely. Well, yeah, of course he does. <laughs> but but I, I was thinking, you know, for, for the seventies uh, network television, that that was kind of risque. You know, I wonder if it was on at ten o'clock. I wonder when it aired. I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you guys that too. When did, was it on? Because that might make sense of why i didn't see it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so yeah might not have been an eight o'clock show <laughs> because i want to know what it was on up against you know like what what did it because i was probably watching the other show or something like that you know mm-hmm. like whatever it was on at the same time on another channel Scooby-Doo. maybe <laughs> and, uh, i don't think it would have been on at the same time but but yeah it sounds pretty cool you know <laughs> i can't believe that patrick remembers all that stuff by just memory i mean did you just watch it yesterday? Do you have it on DVD? <laughs> no, I, I need to get yeah. the DVD though. I, you don't I, have it? No. No. I can't believe you remember that from like that specific. Because I I mean, there's so many shows that I watch too, you know, too, but I can't remember the specifics, like details of them. Yeah, but like know? I was saying, I would dress up like the guy and yeah, sit in yeah, a typewriter, yeah, yeah. you know? He was your yeah. hero. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to remember. I thought you were just kidding. No, no. <laughs> okay all right okay so you're serious okay yeah all right i am serious and stop calling me shirley i believe you but okay Mm -hmm. well let's talk about another tv show that that started in the 70s and ran through the 80s it was you know seven seasons it was a pretty long-running show i'm talking about chips
better. Was it seven seasons? I thought it was. Oh, it's over. Well, they said over six seasons, so I guess that would be seven. <laughs> so, yeah, and one reunion television film. Right. Yeah, I remember they made that movie, like a little mm-hmm. comeback. Yeah. Chips. So Billy chips. Ray. Yeah. What kind of I chips do you like? One. Oh, <laughs> I like them dark. I like Estrada. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! When I was a little girl, I did watch that show faithfully, and that's another one that I rewatched on May TV recently, like in the past year, a few months ago, really. I think I finished watching it from the beginning on May TV, and. Um, I had the biggest crush on Eric Estrada. And it's like the other guy wasn't even there. I barely, oh yeah, there was another guy in the show. And so re-watching it on MeTV, I gained a new appreciation for Larry Wilcox too. And even yeah. Robert Pine was Sergeant Gertrude. Yeah, Trader, I always thought he, he was, was nice really looking. good. Yeah. yeah. And he had done he's, a lot of other television too. He's Chris Pine's father. I know. Right. I, yes, I that blew my mind when I read yeah. that. Yeah, yeah me too. Wow. Me too. Yeah. Me three. He, I think he kind of looks yeah. like him too, you know, in the, the like yeah. facial features. He does. He does. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. What a great show. I loved that. Had the huge crush on Eric Estrada. And- yeah, he was the cool one. I, I remember just, you know, in junior high or whatever, whatever age I was when this came out, I remember everybody liked Ponch, you know, Eric Estrada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why Larry cool Wilcox um, had such a big, um, you know, he, he had some complaints later down the road that he was getting all the attention. And yeah, nobody yeah, and likes me. Show. Yeah, yeah, you know what? But I, rewatching it, he had a valid point in parts because there were some episodes, like maybe midway through the series, where you really saw Ponch lifted up. It's like they were responding to all of the fan mail and all of the reaction that Eric Estrada had gotten. And there were a few showcase episodes thrown in there. That, like I want to say there was a like a roller disco two parter where it's like, here's Ponch doing roller skating, and look at him, and he did like a whole act. In the, in the episode where it's like you just watched Ponch dance on roller skates. And I thought, yeah, you know, they're really making him the primary focus on some of these episodes. So I could kind of see that perspective. Do you know that he didn't even know um, how to ride a motorcycle when he got cast? Yes, I had read that in this viewing on MeTV. I had read because I thought I saw something on his arm in the first season and a few episodes. It looked like they had tried to cover up this big scar on his arm. And so I looked it up and sure enough, he had taken some wipeouts and there was one particular injury on his arm, like his forearm that you can see in some of wow. the episodes. Wow. Yeah. Oh. You you are really looking close. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still like close. Scope, up, 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 yeah. yeah, it's like, I saw that. I saw your boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. I got to meet him in real life, too. He came to the Motor City Comic Con back in, I think it was 2012. And that, um, I got, so I got to meet him. And actually, he hung out at our table. I was, like, signing the Dukes book at the time with a Dukes of Hazard display a friend of mine in Canada had done. And so he came over, and he hung with us and he was joking with us he was crazy at that motor city comic con he was like stealing the staff's like little cart that they ride around like hijacking it and riding it around and it, i mean he was just really a prankster and a was he high and so you know i had to wonder because he was so hyper i thought wow but he was really nice to talk to and i did like a little mini interview and i did a blog post about it afterward because he was oh, working cool. in Um, He does, or in recent years, he has done law enforcement, basically, which is kind of a cool thing, but he's done like, um, 
working on internet crimes like exposing child predators and that sort of thing um, undercover online he's done that sort of work and so he showed me you know some of his information he had like little card with um, the jurisdiction that he worked with and I thought gosh that's cool you know he was in law enforcement on tv and then he's in law enforcement in real life so yeah 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 he it, uh fa- he failed uh uh three times getting his license for motorcycles he yeah he the whole time he was on chips he never had a license a valid license oh. yeah. <laughs> for, for anybody uh, listening that that's not familiar with chips uh it was a, a i get would you call it a drama american crime I, drama yeah drama adventure yeah. drama action adventure I yeah. Would say. yeah it's about two motorcycle cops for the uh chips uh california highway patrol Right. That's what CHIPS stands for. And uh, their names are Baker and Poncherello, or they call him Ponch, played by Larry Wilcox and Eric Estrada. And that's yeah. what it was about. Do you know what um, Ponch's real name was? Poncherello. No, his, that's his last name. What's mm-hmm. his first name? Do you know oh. his first name? Eric. No. <laughs> Do you know Billy Ray? I don't tri- remember it. They said it trivia. rarely that. Yeah, that's Francis, a good trivia Francis question. Totally. Frank, Francis Frank. Oh, yes, Frank. Oh, Frank yeah. Pacherello. Actually, yeah. called him Frank all the time. Yes, that's right. I don't know. Francis Llewellyn Poncherella. Ah, ah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, in rewatching it, um, I developed a fondness for one of the other officers, actually two of the other officers there yeah. at the precinct that you would yeah, see yeah. in the episodes. Um, the one that they call Grossy, Officer Arthur Grossman, he was played by Paul Link. He was a geek before geeks were really a thing. He was kind of nerdy, like geeky, and he was so lovable. It's like in the first season, they must have had fan mail about this guy, too, because after like the first season or so, they would play up the fact that he was overweight and they would kind of make fat jokes with him. But they would play up the geeky aspect of him, that he had like kind of quirky little hobbies and he would he would spit out fox or facts almost like Spock would, you know, and that type of thing. And I saw him as totally geeky and I just loved him. They called him grossy. Uh, <laughs> do you remember, uh, I asked Patrick this before you come on about uh, Bruce Penhall. Do you remember him? Yes. In the last season, a real life, like um, motorcycle Speedway. competitor, motorbike yeah. competitor. And they actually filmed an episode at one of his events, one of right. his competitive events. They used footage from that. But yeah, he played the brother of the replacement for Larry Wilcox, the officer Bobby, um, Tom Riley. He played like Bobby's little brother, right? In that last episode, Bruce Penhall. Yeah. Yeah. So that he was, was kind he of He was pretty cute. Yeah. He's a little guy, though. He's a pretty sm- little guy. And he was in training to be a chip. And so he became, he started wearing the uniform at some point. He was like the little rookie that was in training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just looking him up and um, looked up some pictures on him. And he did a lot of, uh, you know, posters and like teen magazines and stuff. And he was pretty cute for. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other officer that I was enamored with and rewatching that I totally never saw when I was a kid, never even saw this guy, um, kind of on the sidelines. He was one of the the officers who drove a squad car. He was not on a motorcycle, uh, but his name was Officer um, Baritza. They called him Bear. And, yes. Oh, 
Oh he my gosh, red hot. Oh <laughs> my gosh, hot. tall and just perfectly proportioned and just <laughs> red hot. Somebody turn on the air conditioner. I mean, <laughs> I remember that, Patrick. If you would have been flashing some skin, a bare back or whatever, okay, I'd be okay. like all about that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The actor's name was Brody Greer. And I even looked Brody. him up at one point when I was re-watching thinking, what else has this guy done? Because he seemed yeah, kind of familiar. Cute. But he really didn't do much of anything else beyond that show. But yeah, he yep. would come in with a squad car. He'd be helping him out if there was a fire to put out or whatever. Somebody to transport back to the station. He would pull up with the squad car. So Yeah, where's he now? <laughs> Who knows? He needs Let's to do shows. Him. Let's find him do... and like, do yeah. an interview with him. <laughs> totally, man. Go get him. <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'll be your sidekick on that one all right okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then um you may patrick you might be aware of this um another uh star on the show actually kind of a side character michael dorn from star trek oh, the next yeah. generation right. was officer turner in a lot of episode i looked up the other day he did 60 episodes for several seasons so yeah he was on it too be long before he was ever Worf and oh yeah all that klingon makeup <laughs> and randy oaks was on the show yes as the girl they always had to have one girl there was like a girl named cindy for a, like a season yeah. mm -hmm. and then she left and i think randy oaks came along yeah and randy oaks was married to uh, greg harrison in real life oh. did you know that no i did not he was greg, greg harrison, harrison like Trevor John? Yeah, yeah logan's run wasn't he on um was it saying of the apes um, saying was he on saying elsewhere was that the show that he was on he was like a doctor i think trevor john trevor john he was a doctor oh, that was what it was okay yeah oh i forgot about that show maybe that's why i didn't remember which yeah. was a spinoff of mash yeah mm -hmm. that's right yeah wow it's like um how many degrees of separation <laughs> or one big circle of yeah yeah um well, billy, yeah, ray, billy ray speaking of chips and that uh something else dear to your heart let's talk about the chips uh toys oh like the mego the mego yeah. figures yeah yeah they did a, a set of mego figures and for some weird reason like you often will see the paunch figure and in fact my friend mike even has um my friends mike and mel they even have a paunch figure that's done this they get discolored skin they turn oh, yeah, like that a gray. weird yeah, like a gray color. It's so bizarre. But yeah, I really need to get a set of those. I yeah. see them quite often, like at a toy show. Or right. People, you know, with they had stuff. they had the big Mego figures, but then they had the little tiny plastic, you know, hard harder plastic. Oh, like the three and a three quarter figures. Yeah, yeah, with the motorcycles. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna tell you a sad story. Uh, uh -oh. When I lived in Dallas, you know, I, I guess it was the early 2000s. Uh, I rebought the figures and motorcycles off eBay, the, the bigger Mego ones. And uh, I was so proud of that purchase, you know, but uh, I had them in a box in my uh, closet. I hadn't set them up yet, but, uh, but one day I woke up from a nap and I got off the sofa and I was walking down the hall and I found a trail of a bunch of plastic pieces just mangled all down the hall. And uh, I had no idea what it was until finally I recognized one of the helmets and then I realized what it was, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, my my dog!" While I was sleeping, <laughs> her her name was Sally. She was my first uh, Dalmatian, and uh, she had gotten into that box in my closet, and she had a good time just chewing up those figures. Uh -huh. Yeah, so 
I no longer have them. Now, they did punch in John, right? But did they do Sergeant Gautrer also? Or what else did remember. they do with those Miko figures? I can't remember. I, I just know I had Ponch and John and, and uh, yeah. the two motorcycles. My friend Will has those, too, that he's highlighted on the Terrific TV Toys page. Yeah, he's photographed his for that, too. But, yeah, very cool. I wonder if they'll redo them because wasn't Mego coming back out with a lot of the retro? Mego has reissued a ton of stuff and Figures Toy Company has done, basically redone them, a lot of the Mego stuff and some new ones in like the same Mego type mold. So yeah, you got a couple companies out there that are churning out that stuff and it must be popular because they've been doing it for a few years and just all kinds of licenses, just a ton of stuff. Yeah, so they need because to do that, and they need to do on, ISIS, too. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, for real. The, um, the chips, uh, you know, the D DVD, I me and my son watched him when he was younger. I We watched the whole season. It was like that, and Starsky and Hutch, and the mm -hmm. Dukes of Hazard. you know, um, I watched them with my son, and he loved them. Yeah, they did Migos of all of that. You know, Migo almost even did Dallas figures. They were going, oh. they were planning a set of three and three quarter Dallas figures, the hard plastic ones, but then it just never was done. They did prototypes that I've got a picture of. I think I ran in the book, but um, they that would have been cool. But see, Figures Toy Company, I think, did, um, yeah, they did a set of Dallas figures. And they do the eight inch Migo-like figures, but then they do a larger figure too, like a 12 right. or 14 inch too, so... Yeah, I got one of their uh, Evil Knievels they did like that. Yeah, my cousin had the original Evil Knievel back in the day in the 70s. The little, he was actually a little bit smaller than Amigo. He was more like seven inches. Oh, okay. My, uh, I, I thought you were saying your cousin was the size of Amigo. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he had the Evil Knievel yeah, doll. Right. Figure, I guess Action figure, yes. Yeah, and then it had a motorcycle. It had an RV. And, you know, that's something. Those little Evil Knievels from back in the day, the original ones, I see those all the time at toy shows. Those yeah, are I've got around. a few of them, yeah. yeah. I'd love to have that, that RV. Something I was called the Scramble Van. I'd love to have that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when Evo Knievel was pretty big back there in the 70s. And he would wear the red, white, and blue, I think because it was around the time of the Bicentennial. Remember how 1976, it was all about the Bicentennial, and you saw the Bicentennial everywhere. Right. So I think that must have been around the time that he was really popular wearing the stars and the stripes. And he had the cape. I mean, he was like a superhero. You know, he had a cape, and, and he would fly. <laughs> he was yeah. like the bionic woman. Yeah, he sure was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think she might have dated him. You remember you know we that? said that, and then that guy emailed us or whatever and said that that was no. false. <laughs> what uh, said that? But I think but he did. Lindsay he Wagner back then around that time was married to one of the guys who did stunt production on the Dukes of Hazard, Kinji, Henry Kinji. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. She was married to him for a while. And he's done events where um, you know, he's with the stunt guys of the Dukes in recent years, he's done an event or two here and there. Yeah, she has children to him. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about Chips and Starsky and Hutch and Dukes of Hazard. Why is it that when Hollywood wants to reboot something into a movie, they have to make a slapstick comedy, you know? It's yeah. ridiculous. They should yeah. make a drama. Yeah, our, our, our shows that we love, they were not stupid. Like, stupid comedies, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and like, making like, Bo, everybody Bo and like Luke them, were not dumb. Dope, they were very you smart. Know, doing you know? drugs and yeah, they're always like uh you know, drug like the the Dukes of Hazard. I know that wasn't it um wasn't it 
uh, Cooter that came out and said that he didn't like yeah. the way yes. he portrayed them. Totally. And, and Jones, like, yeah. he said yeah. that they were all against drugs and that was, they were good, good guys, you know? Yeah. So they even, I mean, they even put Willie Nelson in that movie, which, you know, any Dukes fan would be a fan of Willie Nelson as well, but what he stood for in the character in that movie, it was terrible. Right. I, I never oh. watched any of the remakes. I've never watched any of them. Yeah. But, but that Chips movie was horrible. I can't, I can't see even. That. I probably yeah, well, don't, need to don't bother. <laughs> it's always bad. I can't make myself. It's like the remakes of all the, even the horror movies, like the Friday the Thirteenth and the Halloween. I can't watch any of that stuff. It's just, it's just not the original. I mean, just play, put, re-release the original stuff like, like those in the movie theater, and I'd go back. Mm-hmm. Even if I've seen them twenty times, I still go see it in the movie theater again. Yeah, because with the modern technology and production values, you could take that dramatic property from the 70s and 80s and make it so much nicer and glossier and darker and dramatic if you have to or, or whatever instead of a comedy. Yeah, I just I've never yeah. understood that. Yeah. But, but see, I don't like them recasting those things anyway, because it's just not the same. It's not what it was. I mean, that's why, you know, I loved it because I mean, it was Eric Estrada. I mean, who could be him? I mean, Nobody but Eric Estrada, you know, it's like, so like, well, leave it alone. So they have to recast, you know, I don't think people I know, would like, you know, I know. They wouldn't <laughs> they're just too, but you know what? I wish no. they would recast Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're filming yeah. the fifth movie now and he's already hurt because, you know, they, yeah. they weren't even filming a scene. They were, like uh, they were practicing for a scene and he well, hurt his arm. They were, shoulder. um, talking about doing a fifth lethal weapon until richard donner just died too and um i thought are they you kidding me look how old um mel gibson and and danny glover are getting you know they gotta just stop you know did indiana jones have a son in one of the movies yeah much yeah they could kind of they could use him and and yeah that's what i always thought yeah they could read you know instead of reboot and just carry on with the son yeah, and you know what was that the the third Indiana Jones movie? They had Sean Connery as as Indiana Jones' dad. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well, now they can take Harrison Ford as the dad figure. Yeah, and he could tag along on the adventure. Yeah, and he know? could just give him uh, advice on what yeah. to do. Just advise <laughs> him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pass the baton, you know, or the right. You know. Yeah. But if they're if they're not going to do that, then just reboot the whole thing, get a younger actor, and start over with it. You know, right? That's New adventures, you know. The new adventures of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Well, I saw. Do y'all remember the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? I remember it being on. I did not yeah. watch it. Okay. Yeah. Well, there Disney Plus is rebooting that series, so there will be another a younger Indiana Jones actor, you know, and yeah. uh, it's going to be on Disney Plus after the fifth movie comes out. Yeah. If if Harrison Ford makes it the whole way through the, mm-hmm. the production. well, they, they yeah. can they can always CGI him, you know, if they have okay. to. <laughs> the yeah. Yeah. Didn't they do that with Carrie Blue Fisher together. a little bit in one of the Star Wars yeah, movies? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's just. It's I. I see. Then it just kind of like takes away from the 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 whole beginning too. You know, it just kind of like, um, you know, gives you a sour. You know, it's just like, you know what I mean? It's not as good, you know, when they keep, it keeps going on for so long and the stories aren't as good as the original. It just kind of takes away from the original. You just want to see the original and pretend the rest never happened. So that's my, that's my take on that. But hey, so, Billy Ray, you mentioned that I was cosplaying before cosplay. I just <laughs> remembered uh, from, from Chips, uh, not, not really a big costume, but uh 
the, the kids in the neighborhood, we would ride our bikes and we would pretend that we were, uh, you know, Poncho John. We, we'd try to ride our bicycles side by side on a shale road. You know, it was kind of hard to do. But uh, I had those mirror, like tear teardrop sunglasses, kind of like aviator glasses. Mm-hmm. And I would wear those and I would pretend that I was one of the chips officers and uh, I would chase down other people on the bike and pull over and I had like a little writing pad and I'd write them a ticket. Nice. So we, we would play, I remember playing, you know, chips a lot and we played yeah. Duke's Hazard. We would try to jump ramps and, you know, holler, yeehaw, but we were going over it and stuff. Yeah, my cousin and I, I mean, I tell the story in the Duke's book, but my cousin, we would always be at my grandparents' house on Sundays. And so we would do a Dukes of Hazard thing because we both had watched Dukes of Hazard on Friday night. And so we'd be pouring Mountain Dew into Dixie Cups and pretending it was moonshine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we used to listen to um, or watch chips when my um, family got together for with um, the CB group we had like a CB radio club and like all the kids would like hang out and watch chips while all the adults were um, I don't know talking about CB stuff you know (laughs) and then and and I can remember eating chips and watching chips and Ah, that was really funny we'd be eating potato chips and watching chips and we'd say eating chips and watching chips yeah and you know i think before that show nobody really knew much about the california highway patrol i think it really popularized that do you know do you know that why that why see they always rode their bike by themselves and so what they had to do with to have them be a partner was that paunch was like on probation and he yes yeah and then so that they could do two guys instead of one yeah i think i had read that somewhere yeah and then they just because then they got used to seeing them together they just kind of like let that uh, storyline kind of fade away and it was just always them together because the other ones were always um single yeah and earlier in the series they really played on a concept of making punch kind of the goofball always getting into trouble like the sergeant was always yelling at him and he was always he was always destroying things destroying cars and bikes and all that and they got away from that later in the series they kind of made him cooler a little more a little more with it later on and not so more of a role model and not yeah not making so many mistakes (laughs) so many bad terrible destructive mistakes well he he went on strike over um a dispute you know too and he was like um they replaced him for a little bit with um with um somebody that was the officer was called steve um mcclish do you know who i mean Hmm. i think so i remember also bruce jenner was on the show back yeah that's who it was jenner bruce jenner yeah Yeah, that was who he was yeah yeah um and then uh and then and then Larry Wilcox was replaced by Tom Riley. Who right. Bobby Officer Nelson. Bobby. Yeah. yeah. Which he did not, you know, Larry Wilcox um, was a pretty good actor. And and when you watch him in those episodes, like I said, I had gained a, a new appreciation for him. Like, oh, there's the other guy. I mean, he was really easy in the role. He was good at it. He was pretty captivating, but Larry his Wilcox? replacement. Yeah, Larry Wilcox. You know, and then his replacement just was not. I, I just feel. found this movie. It's called um, The Great American Beauty Contest. It's with an Aaron Spelling production, and it had Farrah Fawcett in it, but Joanna Cameron was in it, and it was the movie that she like had the lead role as like the beauty pageant winner. And Larry Wilcox played Farrah Fawcett's uh, uh, boyfriend in that. 
cool. And I, and I just found it like on uh, YouTube or something. And I was like, wow, it had everybody in it. It had like this huge cast of people like Brett Summers like was in it and, you know, all these different people, and, you know, and, and I had never seen it before. So uh, Bar- Barbie Benton was in it. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Larry Wilcox always felt like, you know, even in interacting with Eric Estrada and ships, he, even though he left the show and he became frustrated and all of that, he was so nice on screen. He was just kind of this person that you'd want to sit down and chat yeah. with or hang out with or whatever. He just seemed really easygoing and, and nice. You know, Very nice soft spoken and um, yeah. laid back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mellow. Good, he was he a, had a nice demeanor guy. about him. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Patrick? I'm here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else you want to? Ah, Billy Ray, you got anything else to add about Chips? Yeah, well, what Chips, there were a lot of great guest stars on that show, too. You know, you talked about Barbie Benton. You mentioned her. She did a couple episodes. Dr. Joyce Brothers starred as herself in a couple episodes. Um, she was actress- popping up as herself on stuff. In eighties, yeah, she yeah. was big in the eighties. And you know, talk about fashion. That was a show where I loved watching that part of it because it, like Patrick said, it transitioned from the seventies and the eighties. It started in nineteen seventy-seven. It ended in eighty-three, I believe. And you could see the gradual progression in the wardrobe. You went from bell bottoms very slowly into like a valley girl type direction, and it was just amazing to watch that with the fashion. But yeah, great guest stars tina louise from gilligan's island leaf garrett was in a couple episodes um the actress who played dinah girl judy i don't know how you say her last name strangers yeah she did a couple episodes which would be kind of easy to miss i think you know if you weren't really looking um robbie wrist who was oliver on the brady bunch did like four episodes so yeah great guest stars on that show too a dangerous stretch of road, a terrifying crack-up, and Bonnie is seriously injured. What really happened? Can Ponch and John find out? Chips next. Anyway, um, so that's a, that's it, right? We're, yeah. We're, we're cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right, cool. Coolio. Okay, so what do we decide we're going to give away is a... Um, are we going to give away Kolchak or are we going to give away chips? Whichever's cheaper. <laughs> Whichever's cheaper. Okay. Is that what we're down to? Okay. Whichever you want. How about like, we'll let you pick since we know that they're both out on uh, DVD. You can pick between either if you want that uh, series of Kolchak and, or if you want the um, first season of chips. Sweet. And um, our code word a code word. Let's make it Sea Monkey. Sea <laughs> Monkey. Cool. Cool. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to thank our special guest, Billy Ray Bates. And please go on our Facebook page and let us know your favorite movie, your favorite TV show, your favorite musical artist. Yeah. Have some fun with it. But anyway, thanks again for listening, and we'll have a, another brand new episode next week. And as we sign off, I want to leave you with this final thought. Condor man, eh? Yes, Condor man. Vulture of the Western world.